and megatrends of the religious world. I want to uh, get somebody to get that for me, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, uh, Catherine, and I need somebody to get for me 2 Timothy chapter 2, 16 through 18. If uh, Dennis would like to get that for me, I need John 4, 37. If uh, Stephanie will get that, I need John 19, verse 35. Uh, Don Galati, Philippians 4, 8. Uh, Yeah, March. Uh, Second Tim, uh, First Timothy three one. Somebody like to get that is Randy. Second Corinthians four one and two. Uh, somebody like to get that for me is uh, Sharon and John eighteen thirty eight. Brian, will you get that for me? So we're continuing on uh, with our study. Ten megatrends of the religious world. And uh, as I said when I opened the class, if you're visiting this morning, that the Lord spoke to me in December of 99 concerning 10 uh, trends that were very prominently uh, uh, going to come to the forefront in the religious world, begin to take center stage. And uh, I uh, wrote these down. Uh, then uh, afterward, uh, uh, I did a, a little study. I went to Australia for the leadership and uh, actually taught those there in the leadership and uh, added some material to it and then became inspired to do this Bible study and uh, did that. And it's astonishing how many of these are coming to pass right now as we're sitting here becoming major issues in the Christian world. Uh, I don't know if you uh, keep up with the news, but just uh, last week uh, the Southern Baptists split wide open uh, some, what, uh, 2.7 million members or something uh, decided that women preachers were wonderful and uh, they departed from the Bible and from uh, their denomination's long-standing history and, uh, uh, and uh, this is becoming center stage. As I said in the class, and I think I preached uh, on a, uh, a sermon of uh, God's women, uh, that this is not just a local issue, it's not just something, it's a little trend. This is a spirit uh, that's sweeping the whole world. Uh, and these are just manifestations of these. And uh, uh, I had no idea that these were going to be what they were when I wrote these down. I just felt moved on uh, that uh, these are going to become issues and it, they also are going to be issues in our in our. Uh, in our fellowship. And then, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I told you last week, I was in Pretoria. I saw on CNN uh, that the Queen of England had traveled to Rome and her uh, and the Queen and the Pope had uh, talked together, exchanged gifts, and started the initial groundwork to heal the division of 500 years. Now, this is almost beyond grasp. Uh, if you've been saved as long as I have, that we could even be talking about this but it showed them both and uh, uh, said that they are, they are working on healing the division of 500 years of the Church of England and the Roman Catholic Church. So uh, all of these things that we have uh, talked about in this are very relevant, and uh, we want to uh, uh, continue this morning uh, on this. Second uh, Timothy 3, 1 through 5, is a prophecy, and I'd like to have that read out loud uh, in a loud, clear voice. This prophecy has to do with the age in which you and I live. Okay, let me read it to you in another translation. Now, you must know that in the last days there are going to be hard times. People will be selfish, avaricious, 
boastful, haughty, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, irreverent, lacking in love for kinsmen, irreconcilable, slanders, having no self-control, savage, lacking in love for the good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, loving pleasure more than uh, God, keeping up the forms of religion but not giving expression to its power. Avoid such people. Uh, I want to teach this morning on failure to define error and false teachers and false teaching. This is one of the megatrends in our uh, generation. Now, we live in a generation that uh, has what uh, could be labeled an egalitarian mindset. Now, this uh, is subtly working through our society. I pastored twice in Australia, and in Australia, this is the very fundamental principle of their society. Everyone is equal, and if you become unequal, they will jerk you down so that you will be equal, called the tall puppy syndrome. And so this is the mindset that everybody ought to be on the same level, on the same playing field. It's called egalitarianism. And so uh, in with that, you have to embrace a mindset of tolerance. That means that you tolerate anybody, any lifestyle, any viewpoint, and because of that uh, egalitarian mindset that everybody ought to be tolerated, uh, there is a philosophy uh, that... Uh, 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 that you do not cr criticize, you do not uh, uh, try to uh, uh, point out the flaws or the shortcomings or the failures. As a matter of fact, if anybody fails, uh, it's called the underdog syndrome. They reach down. You can't let anybody fail. Uh, they have in place a socialist society uh, where nobody's allowed to fail. And so in the church world, when this comes in and begins to make inroads, as it is in America, uh, and there also... Uh, then uh, this means that false teaching is allowed to flourish. And the worst sin that you could ever make is to criticize someone else or to point out their flaws. And there's no greater example of this working than in the case of false teacher and false teaching. It's flooded the religious world. So let's uh, listen to Second Timothy 2, 16 through 18 is our key scripture, is that the uh, megatrend, one of the megatrends, is tolerance of false teaching and false teachers. The faith of some. Okay, here's the Apostle Paul. He's writing, and he's writing to a real situation. He gives us some insight because uh, we can make some, uh, uh, some deductions. And uh, as you read the Bible, you, you, as you read, you must make analysis and you make deductions from what is said. And uh, one of the things he says in that passage of Scripture is about truth. I want you to think with me for a moment about truth. You have to come to a conclusion, uh, if you uh, take this passage uh, at any value at all, uh, that if there is a, the fact that something is true, then it, uh, it, it, it stands to reason that there must be something that's not true. Is this correct? I mean, this, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. That if something's true, then something else must not be true, and that there are other things that are false. Truth is used over 200 times uh, in the Bible, and uh, if, if this is so, then this means there's a body of knowledge or facts that are genuine, and that are proven to be real, and they're, uh, uh, they're, uh, they're facts or a body of truth that's having uh, stood the test of time, of Scripture, of spiritual revelation, and of eternal dimension. And so this is a reference point for you and I. You and I are gathered here this morning as an assembly, 
because we are gathered around a body of truth. Is this correct? This is why we're here. Otherwise, uh, you would be somewhere else and you'd be doing something else. So, uh, uh, truth is the reference of time and eternity. Let's get a few scriptures uh, before we open for discussion. John four thirty-seven. Remember, we have to have in life reference points. If you do not have a reference point in life, <clears throat> then uh, you are a dingbat. In Australia, there's more nuts per square foot than any other place I've ever been. Now, they're wonderful people, uh, and, and many of the Australians are uh, wonderful people, but in with that, there are more uh, loonies than I've ever met uh, in, in the normal course of life. Now, there's a reason for this. This puzzled me. When I first began to run into that, we had just streams of these people. They come to the church, and I'm saying, what on earth has produced that? I passed it a long, long time and could not figure out why are these, uh, uh, are these uh, people, they're, they're, they're one rock short of a load. And I'm not talking about one once in a while, the streams of them. And I said, what is producing that? I came to the conclusion is because the family was out of balance. And because the family's out of balance, it has left these people without reference points. For instance, uh, 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 marriage uh, is uh, is something in in uh, in the present uh, uh, generation or so uh, that's uh, left uh, somewhere else. People are just shacking up and they're having children and they go on uh, living life as if this is normal. Uh, you just uh, you never get married. You just uh, shack up and if you uh, uh, have a stream of kids and if you get tired, well, you just move over to another one and you just shift. And so it's called uh, ex uh, consecutive partners or. Uh, on the other hand, consecutive marriage. And so they have a social uh, structure there that, uh, that uh, encourages the breakup of homes. For instance, if you got mad at your husband today, all you had to do is go down to the government office, and before dark you'd have a house and an income provided by the government. It's called not letting anyone fail. Well, you can imagine what that does. Now, we have something that's getting very close to that, means today you can call the police and whether true or lie say to the police my husband uh, is, is abusing me and I'm terrified to stay in this house and the poor sucker's locked up for the night doesn't matter if he's done a thing you don't have to prove anything or children can call and say my parents are abusing me and immediately the government will come in and start intervening in your home now that will bring forth a breakup of society which is happening right before our eyes. All right. This is rampant in Australia, and this has produced the breakdown of the home, and when there is no reference points, then people go dingy because reference points have to do with truth, things that are true and things that are time-tested. John 4, 37. For in this the saying is true. One shows that another For in this the saying is true. Now, you're going to find this over and over again in the Bible, true and truth. Uh, in Revelations, we see the vision of Jesus Christ coming on a white horse. And on his uh, vesture is written what? Faithful and true. Uh, there's a reason for that. And that means unless you have a reference point, then you've lost your way in life. This saying is true. Say, you can count on this. John 19, verse 35. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. He that saw it 
bears bear record, and his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true, that he might that ye might believe. And he knows that what he says is true, that you might believe. He said, I'm saying this to give you a reference point. What I'm speaking to you, he says, is truth, and this truth is going to give you a reference point for life. Without reference points in life, uh, we become very, very dangerous. We become very, very unbalanced. We become uh, all the things that, that you run into in life today of people who are uh, without reference points and has affected their life. Philippians 4, verse 8. All right, here's an instruction. This is a great passage of Scripture concerning your mental state. And in with that, it says, Whatsoever things are true, think on these things. How many of you have ever met somebody who's a cynic? What is a hallmark of a cynic? What, Jeff? They don't believe anything. They're skeptics. And they have shrugged off uh, and don't believe anything. Uh, Yolanda? There's not anything good in anything. But you see, there are some true things in life. And if you want to keep a mental balance and go through life uh, with health, you have to uh, gain a balance in life and shrug off all the garbage, off, uh, all the fluff, and fasten upon things that are true, things that are reliable, and in Philippians 4, 6 through 9 is a great passage of Scripture for mental health. First Timothy 3, 1. This is a true saying. Now, there's a reason that uh, the apostle is saying that. He isn't just uh, wanting to fill up some paper, and so he, uh, he does all these things. He says, you can take this to the bank. This is something you can count on. This is what truth is all about, and true sayings, and there's several of these... Uh, in the New Testament. This is a true saying or a faithful saying. Second Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Here's the Apostle Paul. He's writing and he says, uh, you've observed our lives, uh, our lives and what we say line up together and we are manifesting truth. We not only are speaking about truth or talking about truth or studying about truth, we're manifesting truth. We're living by what we are speaking. And so there is truth, and if there is truth, it goes to, to without saying that there's, uh, there's error. John 18 and verse 38. I have said to him, what is truth? Here's a cynic. Here's a cynic. Why would you think that, it, uh, that uh, Pilate would have said, what is truth? He's hearing this, and as he's hearing this, he cynically said, ha, what is truth? Why would he do that? No. He lived in the midst of a society where philosophy uh, was rampant. Uh, Greek philosophy, Roman philosophy, uh, Jewish philosophy, all these were, uh, were in, a, in the cross-currents of the world. He was a, a man who's in a position of power and responsibility, and he'd come to the place, he's a cynic. He's shrubbing off and said, uh, how can you even tell what's truth or not? And truth is standing before him. Yes, Don? Also, he's not obeying truth to know it. He was not obeying truth because you have to know, obey truth to know it. And this is specifically true concerning Christ. Is this correct? Okay. Very good. 
so truth is, uh, is always the focus of the Bible and the Word of God. We want to get some more scriptures. Acts 26, 25. Uh, Michael in the back, Romans 9, 1. Pete Baker, 2 Timothy 3, 16. Um, uh, Ryan, 2 Peter 1, 20. Jacob, and I want 2 Timothy 3, 13 through 17. Adam, if you'll get that for me. So, uh, uh, in the Bible, truth uh, is always uh, the focus and teaching uh, and preaching always focuses and centers on truth. And, and, and this is the issue of the hour. I'm, there's a reason I'm going through this, to help you to understand that if you go to church and all you hear is a prosperity seminar, how you can invest and make a mint, then you are being robbed of your time. If you go to church and all you hear is a 12-step program, if you go to church and all you hear is a little bit of philosophy mixed in a little bit of positive thinking, and build yourself up by your own bootstraps while you're being robbed of truth. Truth will focus on Jesus Christ and his redemptive grace. Jeff Brown. Well, you know, our scripture, you know, swearing or just... Irreverent. Irreverent. Don't have to do with God. Yeah, no, it's irreverent. Profane is, is, uh, is uh, deliberately uh, uh, trashing uh, uh, spiritual things and with no reverence. That's what... Uh, profane is. That, this is what Uzziah did. He stepped across the threshold which was not his, and he disregarded something that he should have uh, been reverent about. And so uh, I, I clipped this out of the paper. It came out yesterday, religious page. Bible debate. Is Jesus the only way? Now here, here is a, uh, here's a, our, uh, uh, our erstwhile courier that is, uh, is an organ of... Uh, uh, spiritual enlightenment and tremendous truth around the world and uh, there's no better thing to put in than is Jesus the only way don't don't tell about somebody that's uh, been who said who said what yes Terry that's right there's hell that's another way and so um, uh, Here's the one speaker who asserts that all religions make claims to absolute truths about reality that are mutually exclusive. Goes on through. And so, uh, you know, don't tell about somebody who got delivered from drugs and married, got healed. No, we got, we got nothing better to do than to bring questions about uh, the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Acts 26, 25, uh, let's take a look at this. All right, here's preaching, and he's just been preaching about Jesus Christ. Calvary's uh, 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 redemption, and he says, what I'm saying is true. Acts, uh, uh, Romans 9, verse 1. I tell the truth in Christ, I am not lying. I tell the truth in Christ, I am not ri- lying. 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture instruction in righteousness. All right, here's uh, his testimony. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So in other words, it's true. 2 Peter 1, verse 20. The scripture is not your private domain to interpret the way you want it to do or bend it. It means something, God's spoken truth. Second Timothy 3, uh, 13 through 17, Adam. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, right. deceiving Here, and being deceived. Here's a, here's a prophecy. Uh, Paul says evil men uh, will uh, and deceivers will grow worse and worse. Which is in 
Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul is bringing them back to the reference point that they've had, uh, that, uh, bringing Timothy back to the reference point he had, even as a child. He said, do you know about the Scripture? Go ahead. All equipped for every good work. Okay, here we have uh, truth. This is the uh, uh, all preaching and teaching centers on truth. And Jesus Christ is the center of truth. I want John fourteen six right in here. Somebody help me here. Is uh, Daniel, Colossians 1, 5. Uh, is Pete, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. Is uh, Samantha, I want John 1, 14 and verse 17. John 1, 14 and verse 17. You will find in the scripture that Jesus Christ is the focus of all truth. Yes, there may be scientific truth and fact. There may be geologic uh, uh, truth and fact. There may be uh, philosophical truth and fact. There may be sociological or psychological, but all of these uh, it, 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 uh, many times change uh, with the process of time. I read uh, years ago, it's probably no doubt obsolete now, but there are 35 miles of obsolete scientific, scientific books uh, in, the, uh, uh, in the library in, in Lord's France. And so uh, uh, what that means is that at one time they said, this is absolute fact, but they're all obsolete and have been discovered to not be true. But I want to tell you, we're holding our hand a book, and this book has stood the test of time. Yeah. And this book focuses on Jesus Christ, uh, and all truth uh, focuses on him. And, uh, uh, and if, if all of these other things seem to be in contradiction, uh, I'll take the Bible every time as what it says about Jesus Christ. Not only uh, because I've had an experience that delivered me from sin and uh, delivered me from my insanity, I've seen it uh, deliver hundreds of others from that, and it's also stood the, stood the test of my lifetime. I can't say that for many, many other things that, that I've seen uh, come and be touted uh, even in my lifetime. John 14, verse 6. For the Father, but by me. This, this is uh, the one statement that put Christianity all by itself, uh, uh, and no other religion uh, can even uh, come close to saying that. And uh, once you embrace that this may be true, then you've already defined yourself. Jesus said, I am the way, the way, not a way, the way. I'm the way. Uh, if you want to leave this building and you walk right straight through that wall, uh, you'll uh, come up with a bloody nose, uh, no matter how much you believe that you're not going to. Is that correct? If you're going to leave the building, you'll have to go through one of the doors. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. Lots of other things in, in life, lots of other uh, philosophy. I am the, 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 the truth, uh, and I am the life. Uh, and then he says, no man comes to the Father except by me. This defines us immediately as Christians. We are in this building uh, not because of what we feel. We're in this building not because of some, uh, of some uh, club we've joined. We're in this building because of what we believe about Jesus Christ. That immediately defines us. All right. This is, has to do with truth. Colossians 1, 5. The word of the truth of the gospel. Second Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. And belief in the truth. Belief in the truth. Belief in the truth is what has transformed you. This is what has given you a common experience uh, as belief in the truth. 
We're not here because we had a warm feeling all over. Is that correct? We're not here because we felt a zap of some kind. We're not here because of any other thing. We're here because we believe something about Jesus Christ. And that belief has sanctified us, set us apart, and made us what we are. Go ahead, Samantha. Okay. Uh, 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 Jesus Christ is the center of all truth. John 1, 14 and verse 17. All right. And the Word dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's a t tremendous and a powerful statement. Verse 17. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So here we have the focus. Uh, you, can, uh, you can determine what a person's uh, belief is by what they believe about Jesus Christ. You can narrow every cult out immediately. Ask them, never mind their doctrines about end times, never mind their doctrines about food, never mind their doctrines about prophets, never mind their, their doctrines about... What do you believe about Jesus Christ? That immediately will define because every cult is wrong about Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, so we want to get down to the issue. I said one of the major trends that you have to contend with and is sweeping our world is a failure to define error and false teachers and false teaching. And so uh, uh, what false teachers do, they pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want 2 Timothy 3, 8 through 10. Somebody in this section right here is Noel. I want Michael Solano, Acts 13, 6. Uh, I want Pete to uh, get for me 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen. I want 2 Peter 2, verse 1 is uh, uh, Rod. And I want 1 John 4, 1. Somebody help me as, as uh, uh, Ryan, uh, Brian. I want Matthew seven fifteen. Don Galati, Matthew twenty four eleven. Uh, is Adam. I want Matthew twenty four twenty four. Twister. And so uh, 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 false teachers and false uh, 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 teachers pervert the gospel of Christ. And if you want to uh, counterfeit. Uh, a uh, a uh, $50 bill, what do you do? What? Make it look as much as you possibly can like the real thing. Is that correct? Uh, you're not going to take a piece of paper and handwrite, this is a $50 bill, currency of the United States, try to pass it off. Because instantly they say, what kind of nut are you? But because of the sophisticated uh, machines we have today, uh, we have amateurs today that are trying to counterfeit and uh, spending time in prison. Uh, when it used to be people that were, uh, they, they spent a lot of time at this, engraving plates and all of this. And so you, you, you get it as close as possible to the real thing. That's what false teachers do. Second Timothy 3, 8 through 10. All right, here's the, the apostle. He reaches clear back into the book of Exodus, into the Exodus out of uh, Egypt, and uh, he uh, brings forth two uh, magicians that are there. Their names are Jannes and Jambres. And you remember the occasion as uh, Moses went in before Pharaoh and said, let my people go. God's telling you, you better let these people go or bad things are going to happen to you. And so uh, Jannes and Jambres are a religious 
teachers. They are magicians. They are people who have supernatural powers or paranormal power. Moses throws down the rod that God had given him. He gave him two signs. One is the rod uh, that he's going to uh, use as a sign. The other is putting his hand in his bosom, pulling it out, and it's leprous white as snow. He throws down the rod, and Jennings and Jember said, that's no big deal. We can do that. They threw their rods down, and their rods became serpents. Right? Are you still with me? Uh, however, uh, Moses' uh, rod ate up their rods. And so... Uh, Here's the Apostle Paul. He reaches clear back into this event. Now, he's writing in the New Testament. And he said, now, he's dealing with real issues. He's dealing with real people that are teaching. And he said, just as Jannes and Jambres were men who demonstrated some kinds of paranormal, so these are evil men, they're seducers. But he said it's, it's going to be manifest in the process of time. So here we have the New Testament. And in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul's writing and saying, uh, just because there's something paranormal doesn't mean that it's God. That you have to see what it is they're going to say. And then he says it's going to be made manifest. And so we can say much about that. We'll pass on. Acts 13, verse 6. All right, here's the Apostle Paul. He's uh, preaching. He comes to uh, Sergius Paulus, who's the ruler of the, of the place. He begins to uh, uh, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there's a man there who is a false prophet. And he begins to oppose him. You can read the story yourself. Uh, it's suffice uh, it to say that we just, we're referring to it today to show that the gospel has always functioned in the midst of error and against and opposition to. And error always will try to oppose the gospel of Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 11, verse 13. Such are false apostles, deceitful workers, de uh, 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 transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Now, it goes without saying, these are functioning in the Christian world. They're not, they're not out in a palace bar saying, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm going to tell you the way of truth. They're functioning in circles where uh, uh, Christians are... Uh, having uh, Bible studies, having services, having impact, doing outreaches, evangelism, winning people to Christ. These people are functioning and they're putting out their gospel. Second Peter 2, verse 1. Peter says, as there were false prophets then, uh, there shall be false uh, prophets among you, bringing in damnable heresies uh, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. So uh, it goes without saying this morning that if you are a Christian, you're going to have to reckon with this. You can't shrug this off and say, uh, well, this is something that happens over in California. Is this correct? If you're going to be a Christian, you'll have to deal with this. Uh, they may be on TV. Ooh, I could feel that one moving around. You like that, don't you? They may be on TV. They may have tremendous charismatic personalities. They may have paranormal uh, manifestations. That isn't the issue. The issue is, uh, what is it that you're teaching, and where is it that you're headed? That's the issue, as we'll bring it down to the wire before I get through here. John 4, verse 1. All right, here's the warning. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but know and test the spirits, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Matthew 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets. 
Beware of false prophets which come to you in uh, uh, sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. They're not what they present themselves to be. They come into Bible studies uh, and uh, and they say, uh, uh, sit quietly for a few studies, and then they begin to bring forth these little teachings, or they will invite you over to their youth class, uh, and uh, they're having just a youth outreach, a little Bible study, you know, and uh, we're just going to talk about spiritual things, you know. <laughs> and they're not what they appear to be. They have another agenda, and you have to make sure uh, what it is that you're doing and who you're listening to. Matthew 24, verse 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. This is a prophecy. says in the last days, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be the Christian scene is going to be rampantly filled uh, with these kinds of people. And then uh, Matthew 24, 24. False Christ and false prophets shall arise. They're going to have an accompanying uh, paranormal ministry. Things are going to happen, and it's going to be very impressive. And so uh, this is the counterfeit as close as possible uh, to the real. So let's talk about the marks for a moment. And I want Second uh, Timothy 3, 6 and 7. Somebody help me right here. Is Pete Baker. I want Second Peter 2, 18. Jacob. Uh, who is it over here? Is uh, uh, Sean. First Timothy uh, 6, 5 through 10. And so uh, let's get these. What are the marks of a false prophet? There are several that are worth your time considering. One of these is sexual error. Very, very common among those that are false religious teachers, you're going to find that, that there's going to be sexual error involved with their teaching. Second Timothy 3, 6, through, uh, 6 and 7. For of this, women, down to of this sort are they who creep into households and lead captive silly women laden with sin. That's an interesting terminology, isn't it? <laughs> Why? Tell me, I, I taught on, uh, I taught on uh, women. Why, why does he make this statement? Somebody tell me. Why, Carol? Women are different than men? Absolutely. Hey, women obviously are not undercover. Mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> now be careful. You're on a very nervous subject. However, this is exactly what the Bible says. Exactly that, because they are vulnerable to, and I've got uh, articles that... Uh, one of these guys just put an article out this month. I haven't had time to read it through, but I know where he's headed because I already saw one that he put out before. And this is 10 lies that the church is telling women uh, that women are more vulnerable to deception. That doesn't mean that men can't be deceived, but women are more vulnerable too. So he says, now these are they that creep into houses. They invade homes. They, uh, uh, they're uh, they uh, using their position uh, in a religious realm to invade the sacred uh, uh, confines uh, of a home where man and woman is joined together. Go ahead. Led away by various lusts. Led away by various lusts. Always learning and never able to come. Always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay. What is a charismatic? A charismatic is a woman with a tape recorder uh, that's carried by her husband, leads her husband from seminar to seminar, carrying a notebook. That's a charismatic. <laughs> All right. Sexual error. Second Peter two eighteen. Through the lust of the 
When they speak great swelling words of vanity, they uh, lead astray through the lust of the flesh. Through much wantonness. Through once much wantonness. This has to do with sexual appetite. Those that were clean. Those that were clean. They once were saved. They were born again. They were washed in the blood. But they fell into false teaching, and these false teaching appear to, uh, appeal to the lower nature and begin to justify uh, immorality. Escape from them who live in error. Okay. Uh, some years ago, I went over to uh, California. I was looking for uh, some in insight on religious structure because we were getting ready to make a break, and uh, I didn't understand what I understand today. went over to talk to a leader. Uh, and his assistant of a, a large religious organization in California. And uh, we uh, uh, landed in uh, Glendale, uh, landed in Burbank, went up to Glendale, California, sat down in a hotel, had lunch, and we're listening to this man. This man's on TV today. He still is there functioning. And uh, his name is Gene Scott. Uh, he's the cigar-smoking uh, Bible teacher over in California. And so uh, uh, I sat down and listened to him, and uh, he came in. And as he came in, he brought, he's, he's, he was probably 65 to 68 then, uh, totally gray. And he had with him about a 28-year-old uh, young Oriental woman, uh, very tight Levi's. And so uh, they sat down together. They eat out of the same plate. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. And so I'm, I'm watching this. And uh, say, this is not right. Something's not right about this. And so uh, his assistant was uh, chauffeured in a Cadillac uh, by a very attractive woman who didn't come in. But... Uh, was waiting to pick him up. They'd travel down from Northern California. And so uh, when we went out of there, I did. I get the answer that I, that I, that I was looking for, uh, which was, number one, I joined in that organization. And number two, uh, I, uh, uh, I uh, got some uh, insight on structure that I needed because old Gene Scott does have a brain. He's been in problems with the government, and he knows what he's talking about. So I, was, uh, I, I found out that you don't need to, any kind of a structure to function as a church. That's what I was looking for. And so uh, as we went out, uh, the man that was with me, I said, uh, that's, uh, something's wrong with this scene. <laughs> and uh, so I found out later that these fellows believe in concubinage. Which is, they believe that when you reach a certain spiritual level, uh, you're able to, uh, 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 in addition to your wife, you're able to add concubine or concubines as you're able to take care of. And so this was their doctrine. Now, these people, this guy functions today on TV. He's still on TV right now. Smokes his cigar and, uh, and, and uh, uh, launches off with his profane statements and, uh, about uh, Scripture. So sexual error is one of the marks of Another is greedy about money. First Timothy six five through ten. Withdraw thyself. First, uh, the perverse disputings of men, and uh, uh, their teaching or their propagating that gain is godliness. This is called the prosperity gospel. The love of money uh, is uh, the root or a root out of which comes many kinds of evil, from which many have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I have in my hand an article written by David Cass Stevens in the Arizona Republic, and it has, uh, 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 it has some statements about a man that was preaching down there. He, he's, uh, he's giving some quotes through here. And um, uh, what will I read? 
sees it. It talks about Reverend Ike. You know who Reverend Ike is? Think green. Does that ring a bell with anybody? Okay. This is Reverend Ike. He's a false prophet. And so uh, in the 70s, Reverend Ike stood at the pulpit dripping with diamonds. The flamboyant uh, evangelist drove a big shiny Cadillac, preached the gospel, of shout amen, prosperity. God, he said, wants you to be rich. If you love God, he'll reward you with money. If you love God, he'll reward you with money. The lack of money is the root of all evil, Reverend Ike said. <laughs> Some of you agree with that. <laughs> Name it, claim it by faith, and it's yours. Forget about pie in the sky. Get yours here now. This week, a preacher from Portland, Oregon, offered a similar message to a revved-up flock at the Christian Fellowship Church of Phoenix. A former drug addict who got saved in an Arizona church 25 years ago Larry Huck says the Bible teaches that believers should expect abundance in all levels of their life as a God-given right. As a God-given right. Let me ask you something. Is the Bible true? Yes, the congregation cried. The Bible says every good thing from, uh, comes from who? God. Who makes diamonds, Huck, at? God. Huck rhymes with luck. Looked up from his open Bible and said, So why is it okay for Dennis Rodman to wear diamonds and not for you as a child of God? Now, that sounds reasonable, doesn't it? <laughs> God intended all the wealth of the wicked to be turned over to you. Come on, that's right. Preach it, the audience shouted. The Bible says God gives you the desires of your heart. If you want a Harley Davidson, God will give you a Harley Davidson. Hmm. How about Proverbs 22.1? A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. Go figure. That's a newspaper columnist. Got some insight. Okay. So we're living in a real world. Amen? So I thought I'd just name that one while we're passing on through. First uh, Timothy 1, 18 through 20, uh, is that you'll depart from a moral lifestyle is another mark of a false teacher. First Timothy 1, 18 through 20. Did I give that to anybody? Who's going to get it for me? Uh, Samantha, get it for me. So uh, I have uh, reams of articles. I don't have time. There's, uh, one of the big things today is, uh, is uh, big-time preachers getting divorced. Ray McCauley, largest church in South Africa, runs thousands and uh, just divorced his wife. Uh, they're uh, irreconcilable. Uh, Clarence uh, uh, McClendon in uh, Los Angeles, big black church down in the uh, Wilshire District, uh, just divorced his wife. He's buying the Hollywood Palladium. Uh, no problem with that. Four wife and four children. Uh, Charles Stanley Baptist Church back in uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, just divorced his wife. Uh, John Hagee, which many of you will fight me, fist fight me right here before I leave, uh, uh, grabbed his secretary, divorced his wife, went across town, doing fine. He's on TV. Okay, but what does the Bible say? That's the issue. First Timothy one eighteen through twenty. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having shoved aside, have made shipwreck faith. You'll find a false preacher will reject a moral lifestyle. Go ahead. Okay, here's an article by David Wilkerson. Preached a sermon, finally made it into the uh, uh, magazine. Uh, he uh, uh, begins to uh, name uh, faith preachers. 
manifestation of com- that's common to modern revivals. He finally triggered to this after a long time. He says, I weep when I see these videos that are sent to me from all over the country, whole groups of bodies jerking out of control, falling on the floor, laughing hysterically, staggering around like drunkards. Uh, Wilkerson said, anything that cannot be found in Scripture has to be rejected outright, totally rejected. He names Benny Hinn and Howard Brown as examples of those who perpetrated misrepresentation of the Holy Spirit's manifestation. And uh, as he does that, he comes out, he's doing what I'm talking about this morning, name it. See, we live in a generation that wants to tolerate everything and leave their people totally vulnerable to uh, the uh, deceit of the enemy. Robert Schuller is not a Christian. <laughs> He's a false teacher. Does not believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've got articles up here this morning. We don't have time. Okay, I'm going to open it for about four or five uh, minutes of rebuttal or assault. <laughs> Carol. Yeah, I've got an article right here with me of, uh, of an interview he did with Billy Graham, and uh, his is the gospel of self-esteem. Uh, this is uh, everybody's saved, they just don't know it. <laughs> Terry, we'll see what Terry has to say. Mormonism has the cliches, don't have a clue what salvation is, and this is a saved Mormon, folks. Okay. Uh, Ike? The gospel has power. Okay, we're, we're uh, finished with that. Scott's going to begin a new study next week. Thank you for your attention and time and attendance at these uh, lessons.